Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic is Jokic, excuse me, is absolutely not a team leader. He's not. In fact, I'm going to go one step farther and I'm going to say Jokic is completely overrated. I'm tired of it. All of his stats, everything he does, does not equate to wins. You're listening to The Dig. What is up, Nuggets fans? This is Nick. I'm here with Jeremy on a very sad day in Nuggets land. Yeah, I was about to How say, you're really stiffs. You're really chipper today. Yeah. Um, Stiffs, uh, best not thinking about the Nuggets. I think that's how things are at the Stiffs. Um, And actually, real quick, there is something good that we are actually honestly excited about is um, we're doing the second year of our Hope Kids charity event. Um, The the idea here is that uh, there's there's a lot of kids who are facing um, way more difficult circumstances, be it cancer or, um, or, or something else. And, um, often they don't have the normal kind of life that, um, that we do going to school, hanging out with friends, um, every direction, different people to meet or, or things like that. Um, <laughs> I love how in my head, I'm just picturing like a field of children all running around, like screaming with each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully that's not real anywhere, but, um, the point being in this situation, it's, it's a way for, uh, kids to be able to make it to a Nuggets game and to meet other kids kind of going through some hard times and to just to enjoy a game out, um, which, which for them is, is a lot more, uh, rare or unusual, um, than, than most people. So, um, la- last year we went, ran with some socks this year. We have some cool socks too. You buy those and you get, um, a kid to the game, a kid and, and their family to the game. So, um, this year we're all, oh, nice. we also got some shirts out. Um, so yeah, so check that out. The more information on the website, obviously, um, but also on our Instagram, uh, YouTube, we're doing a lot of that these days, um, Twitter and, uh, Facebook. Great. Yeah. And if you're not aware too, you can follow us on the dig Denver on Twitter where you can get in chats with me about Jamal Murray's role as a starter. Like I got into this week. We're going to be joined in a little bit by Lad. We recorded with him after the Milwaukee game, their second loss to Milwaukee in a week. And I don't know. I think I've seen Lad in a better mood. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, he was downright ornery. It, it was hard to uh, to pin him down to anything. He would just <laughs> you could you could ask him uh, which flavor of mayonnaise he likes most, and and he would somehow turn it directly into some smash against. Um, Malone or Jokic, uh, the weakness of the spirit of the team. Um, <laughs> it did not matter. This man was on a war path. So, yeah, we will yeah. see. We will see. Lad, lad's a little cranky, but uh, I'm, I might take advantage of his of his crankiness and see if I can't rope him into a a bet he's going to regret. <laughs> there you go. Take advantage. Take advantage. The theme. So this week's theme is casting the nuggets. 
there's starting to be a number of storylines developing with this team. And we wanted to look at what is the story the Nuggets are trying to tell this year? And do they have the right roles in place in order to be able to tell that story? So maybe Jeremy, we could just start, start there. Are the Nuggets competing this year? Is this the story of the year the Nuggets take a leap into the playoffs and become a contender? Or is the story of this year the story of a rebuilding team that makes progress? You know, I think we were kind of able to skip the the word rebuild by stumbling along Jokic um, at the right time where we where our goal was not to sink like some of these teams are. Um we, we yeah, there was tri- no process. Right. Fortunately. <laughs> uh, we tried to compete, um, and and that, that fell apart. But right when it did, at the same time, we wound up with uh, Jokic and Nurkic. Um, and, and even at that time, we didn't know what we had in Gary Harris. Um, but we found ourselves with, with a core um, and, and two centers, one of which to build around, which, thank goodness, we chose Jokic. Um I'm going to say, so, so this is a personal, um, take. Um, and let me just say is like, as a social media coordinator for, uh, the, the stiffs, um, I've never seen a fan base, the fan base so divided before where there are a lot of people on both sides of this who see it completely differently. And, and my own take, I'll throw myself into the camp where, um, I see a championship team here and that's, that's what I'm concerned with. I'm much more concerned with us winning a championship three years from now than I am with us um, being the best nuggets that we can be today. So I'm willing to make whatever sacrifices it takes to, to get there, whether that's giving people more time on the floor, just think back to, uh, to Tim Connolly cutting. Um, um, I almost call him Jamal Jameer Nelson, who was in a very effective player with Jokic just to give more time for uh, Moody and for Murray that that was a stop short, but in a long-term, a good decision. So um, for me, that's the story is, is building long-term, not rebuilding, but building long-term. Yeah. I, I don't think this can be a championship team this year. They're not one piece away. So, you know, I, I don't think if there's any Nuggets fans out there who have some kind of idea that if they, just package a couple young players together and trade for, you know, the Jimmy Butlers of the world that this team could be a legit contender. I, I think we need to shelve that. Winning now is going to help this team progress. I, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I don't think you have to say we got to let all our young players play 35 minutes a game, even if that means we lose now. I think you try to win and you put the lineups on the court that are the best lineups for winning. And the young players will develop within that system. If they don't like the amount of minutes they're getting, play better. You know, it's that simple. Um, and and that could be the motivation they need to play better. Yeah, I like this, Nick. Uh, it's time that we sit down in the director's chair and figure out uh, where are these great roles that we have on this team and uh, kind of get a little judgy um, on whether or not these guys can live up to the roles. So let's do it well cast or miscast all right we're bringing lad in he's the chief queso engineer at casa bonita gentlemen i'd like to point out our food is currently better than the denver nuggets you can take that to the bank 
or to our waterfalls and get 25% off if you mention you listen to the Dig podcast. Try it. I've actually never had a problem with their nachos. Have you ever had their nachos? It's all I get when I go. I got the first time I went, I was happy with it while everybody else complained about their food. So I thought, I've got something good here. I'm not going to ever stray from this anytime I come again. And the raspberry smoothies are pretty good too. Shout out to Casa Bonita. We love Casa Bonita. No hate. All right, so the segment is well-cast or miscast. Jokic as a team leader. Well-cast or miscast? Is there another option? Complete joke to even be bringing up this conversation. Jokic is, Jokic, excuse me, is absolutely not a team leader. He's not. In fact, I'm going to go one step farther, and I'm going to say Jokic is completely overrated. I'm tired of it. All of his stats, everything he does, does not equate to wins. <laughs> Jokic has the second best offensive efficiency rating in the NBA right now. We're one in six in the last seven games. So your so your argument here is that a player cannot be good unless their team doesn't go through losing streaks. My argument is that we've never been really that good with Jokic. I'm sorry. I know I'm going to piss off a lot of fans, but I'm going to be honest. I'm pissed off as a fan. I am tired of seeing the same thing over and over and over. Jokic is incredibly talented. I'm sure he would be great, but you know what he is? He is Paul Gasol. He is not going to take a team anywhere. He's not a leader, just like Paul Gasol wasn't a leader. But Paul Gasol with Kobe, awesome. If we get a Kobe, awesome. You know, I don't think Paul Gasol has nearly the records that Jokic does as a 23-year-old at this point. So I think throwing Jokic under the bus, this uh, we've never been great with Jokic. What team has been great when their leader is 21 years old and then 22 years old and then now just barely 23, year old, 23 years old and only now just finally got the confidence of the coach behind him? We're seeing the does start. He look, does he look confident out there? Does his body language give you the feel that he's oh, confident oh, no, and no, he's no. leading this team? The question is, is no, no, he's completely miscast. That's my vote. We're talking, As about, a leader? We're talking about Jokic right now. Right. I'm not talking about Jokic in 10 years. Right now, it's a joke. He's not a leader. He's nowhere close to being oh, a leader. Oh, completely, but we're not cast. So we were talking about being a leader, and then I think you took it a step further. So I'm just ticked off at the world <laughs> yeah, right now. Right. So I agree with you in terms of him being a leader. Completely mis- miscast. But, well, that's the question. I'll leave it at that. Well, that is the question. I mean, if he's miscast as the team leader, uh, th- this team has been built around Jokic now. Right. And that was the change from last year uh, when Malone finally realized that Jokic was their best player. The idea was coming into this year that the team would be built around him. They gave him the big contract. Where are we? If he's not the leader on this team, but he is the best player. uh, How do we work, work around that? Is there a way to work around that? Or does he just have to step up and be a leader? We have a big motor and no rudder on this boat. We have this talent for days and no leadership. So we're not going anywhere, but in the same circle we've been going in for the past couple of years. No, that, that's a pretty good situation to be in because we're one rudder away from being the biggest boat in the sea. And we're, we're <laughs> about to be going into the next two off seasons with a very good looking cap situation, um, a lot of flexibility and 
uh, a culture that I think has been being built up year after year um, to be something that's, I don't know if it's necessarily attractive, like strongly attractive to free agents, but it's certainly in a position where uh, it's not as negative as it used to be. So there's definitely some, some room here. Maybe he isn't the leader of the team. Um, and maybe we're missing that piece and, and maybe it comes from all these 20 year olds growing up, or maybe it comes from free agency, but, uh, I agree. I don't think he's the leader. So can your best player not be the leader of the team? No, absolutely not. Dang. I'm just stuck here thinking. I'm trying to think. I know I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a precedent for this. That's what I was doing. You you guys are trying to talk yourself into the fact that we're going to be okay with Jokic as a leader of our team moving forward. No, I'm not, not. I'm not convinced he needs to be the leader. Right. I think he can be the best player on the team and not be the leader. So so let's throw history out of it. I, I'm actually done looking at history because that's what keeps getting done is is history gets rewritten by a new team, a new style. They call today the modern NBA. That's just because Golden State did something that nobody else had done before. Uh, Detroit winning without a champion. That was the modern NBA when they were about. Um, so winning without a star, you mean? So let's look at yeah, star. Uh, sorry, um, but but if we look at what we have here, Jokic is turning into an unbelievable talent. Let lad, lad use that word. I think lad, you would agree with me on that word. Now, not unbelievable. I'll say talent. <laughs> All right, fine. Lad, he's um, averaging 18, 10, and 7. He's also leading the team in steals right now, and defense is supposed to be his big bugaboo. He's 24th in defensive efficiency this year in the league. And, and ESPN released their uh, real plus minus today, and he is second overall in the entire league. Not to mention he's a top 30 player in defensive real plus minus, but that's a whole nother tangent. My point being, we have an immense talent here. Maybe he doesn't have the personality criteria to be that leader. And that's not the situation you want to be in, but what, what is his personality? To me, it's one that's flexible in certain ways. Um, not ideal flexibility. I, I think he pouts obviously when things don't go his way, but he's, he's, I think he's a person who can fit with somebody else. Um, maybe somebody else stands up and he goes along with it, even though he's going to be a, you know, millennial talent century talent here, one in a kind um, to be able to play with somebody else who isn't at that level, uh, maybe a, one level below it, but has the ability to lead the rest of the guys that, that, Seems to me like it could work, whether there's a precedent for it or not. Yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to say that he can never be a leader. He is too young right now to know that um, he has all the tools he needs to be a great player. He's a great player now. He's a, mm. he is a great player. I had great um, leaders on my middle school team. Like, I, I don't know how much age actually does have to do with it. I, I'm I'm curious to see where he ends up, but I'm not so so big on that that excuse. Oh, if leadership can't be can't be learned, you just ruined a lot of corporate trainers' day. But <laughs> um, I, it, maybe it can't be. I'm not. I'm not predicting that it it, it can be or that it will be. But I, I'm not ready to totally write that part of his game out yet. I just think with where the Nuggets are right now, he's not the guy. He's not the alpha dog, and I think he would be better not being that guy. I don't think he's comfortable being that guy. Even if he could get to a point where he could be that guy, I don't, I just don't think that's, that's him. I don't think he fits that role. 
I've so, been saying this for two years. Yeah. So, so what do you do? Uh, you don't get rid of him. He's a great player. So, what legitimately I think, the only shot this team has right now for taking the next step is if MPJ comes in and actually is that talent and that leader. That's not true. Because Murray can't do it. He hasn't done it. He shows flashes of brilliance, but cannot consistently lead. You are stuck on seven games, lad. Seven games. We s- no, I'm stuck on the past seven years, Jeremy. Oh, really? Because last year was looking pretty good the last time I checked. Okay. Last year, we missed the playoffs. They were one right. second away from making the playoffs last year. After two and a half months of the best ball I have ever seen against the hardest opponents in the most stacked schedule I'd ever seen. It was mind-blowing. That was some of the most fun basketball I've ever had in my life watching. And we missed the playoffs. Right, but we're talking about trends here. So to you, you see a trend that's flat. I thought we were talking about horseshoe, (laughs) where close counts for something. (laughs) We're not talking about horseshoes? Because if we're not talking about horseshoes, then it doesn't matter. We missed the playoffs. And right now, as far as I'm concerned, we're on our way to missing the playoffs again. This kind of dovetails into the next well-cast or miscast uh, player that we wanted to talk about, which is Jamal Murray. So Jamal Murray as the starting point guard. Is that a good casting or a miscasting? I, I mean, miscast. Uh, I thought the storyline was because of Jokic being this incredible passing center, it doesn't matter uh, that we don't need a true point guard, uh, if you will, a true pass first point guard. Um, Many teams in the NBA are succeeding without a true um, historical point guard, yet we're not. Uh, it's not looking good. There's no flow to the offense. And as far as I'm concerned, Murray, I'm, I'm tired of him too. I'm tired of the inconsistency. You go almost putting up 50 against Kyrie Irving one game, and then you just disappear. It's not acceptable. Miscast. I think the question with Jamal Murray is a larger question about where the Nuggets are right now. Is this a team that is developing? Or is this a team that's trying to win? Because if this is a team that's developing, then we should let Murray develop as a point guard. We should we should give him the time and the space to try to see if he can learn how to pass. So right now he can't pass. He's terrible. Um, he's one of the worst passers on the entire team. So do we allow our starting point guard to be a terrible passer while he figures it out and also be an inconsistent scorer? Is, you, you brought up about how there are a lot of non-traditional point guards in the league, but those point guards also score at a pretty high clip. And Jamal Murray's not showing consistency there. He's averaging 17 a game or whatever. The numbers are okay, but those numbers are skewed by the, the, the big games he has most specifically a 48 point game. Um, so what we're getting from Murray is a guy who will, will, uh, um, often throw up 11, 12, 14 points in a game, on horrendous shooting he's shooting right now 29 percent from three and he's taking five a game that's atrocious those are like russell westbrook shooting numbers just god awful he's ninth on the team in player efficiency rating he's averaging four assists per game which is what monty morris is averaging in 10 less minutes on the floor and his assist to turnover ratio is only two to one which is not good monty morris is seven to one assist to turnover ratio and just from the eye test, I mean, you look at the numbers, to me, the numbers 
make the argument for Monte Morris being the starting point guard on this team. But just from the eye test too, just watching this team, I just feel like the offense flows so much better when Monty's out there. And when Murray is out there, he doesn't seem to know how to make decisions. He doesn't know in the flow of the offense, when to shoot, when to pass, how to get guys open. He doesn't know how to break down defenses. He's a shooter. And this isn't, this isn't really a knock on Murray. It's just that he's out of place. He's being asked to do something that he just can't do. My at least at this point, Nick, <laughs> settle down. That was, I think I have two points to speak to on Lad, and now about twenty to speak to on you. <laughs> Good. So let me try and build it uh, briefly, but also in a way that makes sense to to what Lad said about uh, the concept of a point center, um, and yet ours doesn't work, which was a way to answer the question about Jamal Murray by. <laughs> by tearing down Jokic. Very well done, lad. Um, One and six. So let's look at Golden State because I think they're they're a great example of this. At this point, Draymond Green is their top uh, assister. He's their facilitator more than Curry is. Um, but that brings up a great, a great point is that Golden State has three guys who shoot over 20 points a game. And they also have three guys who assist over five assists a game. So they've toned down the concept of having a point guard bring up the ball and just get an office, offense running. In the past, that was throwing it into the paint as close as you could to a big center who could just smash it in. Obviously, that's changed. And now it's turned into this idea of having um, multiple valves, building up pressure on different sides of the court just to expose a temporary vulnerability on the other side and that takes multiple facilitators so that's what we're looking at here i think with murray is not can he be the top facilitator but there's two important things from what he should be doing one is getting the ball to Jokic while Jokic is in a good position which means which he can't do you're right you're completely right um and it's really frustrating to see that and i've seen monte morris do that so kudos to you i agree with that two is is to to be a secondary guy who can find uh, people when they're open when the the pressure suddenly shifts and he's been doing a bad job of that too. So I will give you both of those things. But terrible, you you called him terrible. I'm I'm not so sure about that. Last season we saw him jump up during that great two and a half months that we had to close the season out up to four assists per game. In April he closed out five assists per game. He starts this season off. And he's going in at, at almost four and a half assists a game. Granted, we know by watching, we're, we're not just people who look at the stats. We, we watch the game. We know that he's, he's missing all sorts of wide looks. He's missing some important passes. He's a guy who can only focus on one thing. Either I shoot the ball or I try and pass it. And the second that you focus in on somebody trying to pass in the ball, the defense is going to collapse on you. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so, so yes, he does need to improve. Is he terrible? I'm not going to throw him in terrible. Um, no, no, I didn't say, t- I said a terrible passer. Yeah. He's not a terrible player. He's I a good player. Okay. So I don't totally think he's a terrible place. passer. I, I think, I think he's a below average passer. I've seen him actually make some good passes. Now those were all passes when he was completely focused in, usually on a running player. Ma- Jamal Murray has a great concept of the speed of a player and where he needs to get the ball to so that it hits him right right in the 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 steps that that running player is taking but 
that's only one small facet of being a good passer. So I, I give you that. I think the better argument can be made that he's just not a smart passer. Right. He can be that's a, a good great passer. Argument. He can make the passes, but he's not a smart passer. All right. That's fair. Now, Monte Morris, to that point, that'll be my last point, that you, uh, you brought up how well it works with Monte Morris. I am in complete terror of what happens to our bench when Monte Morris becomes the starter. Yeah, it, I mean, it really can't happen until Isaiah Thomas is back. And I, I think Isaiah Thomas is really the linchpin here that could solve a lot of problems for them. If he's healthy and if he's anything like what he even was for L.A. last year. I mean, I'm really curious to see what we get here. But we were talking about Jokic not being a team leader earlier. Everything I've heard about Isaiah Thomas says that he's a great leader. Uh, the Celtics loved him. Uh, they still love him. Uh, they talk highly of him. Uh, Mike Malone loved him, uh, had him in Sacramento, and that's one of the reasons that he's on the Nuggets right now. Uh, I've I've heard things about how behind the scenes he's he's uh, stepped up as a leader. Maybe he's the guy. Maybe may, may, whether it's Monte or him starting at point guard. Um, it, I mean, I, in an ideal world, what I what I hope is that Isaiah Thomas comes in and he's healthy and he kills it. And he's he's putting up 15 and seven, something like that. And he's the starting point guard for this team. And you bring Jamal Murray off the bench as your sixth man. And he can come in and shoot a role that he looked very comfortable in during the Hawks game. Then maybe Isaiah Thomas is the leader of the offense. And then you let then now now he's running. He's running the, the point. He's running the offense. He's taking the big shots with the game on the line. And Jokic can just do his thing without pressure. I would be more interested in seeing Isaiah Thomas as the starting point guard on this team when he's healthy, as opposed to Morris. I mean, is there any argument for starting Jamal Murray over Gary Harris and having Garrett Harris come off the bench? Gary's just been too reliable, I think. Not when it comes to shooting. And quite he's frankly, 35%. this season, not when it comes to defense. He's thirty five percent from three right now. He's going. He's going up. Murray is not going up, unfortunately. Since, dude, since when was thirty five percent good? No, it's not great. I know. This is what it. I, no, this is what it's come I, to. <laughs> this is actually what it's come to, and this is why I'm getting so frustrated with the two of you included. We are constantly making excuses for this team. All of a sudden, Gary Harris shooting thirty five percent is acceptable. No, he, that's not acceptable. Lad, he got off to a terrible start this year. He's gotten better, so the numbers coming up. That's the. That's what he is on the season. He's not going to be there by the end of the year. He'll be back to 40. He's got a track record of it. And we have a track record of missing the playoffs. You're a one-note pony. I am, dude. I told you guys I was depressed. I've been listening to The Cure all week. <laughs> all right? The only thing that's going to pull me out of this funk is if I literally spend the rest of tonight doing nothing but going through Steve Hess's Instagram. And that's kind of what it's come to for me. <laughs> All I want to do is just go through Steve Hess's Instagram for some type of motivation, something to make me feel better because I'm down and out, boys. I've spent years making excuses for this team, years trying to talk myself into the fact that they're better than they are. And right now, everything I've seen is everything I've seen before. And I feel like I know where this story is headed. And I don't see enough of anything different to lead me to believe that this year is going to be different. All right, this is important. We need to get this on the record. For the record, do you believe they're going to make the playoffs this year, lad? No. All right. We have a Rodizio bet on it. Just so you know, audience, I will. I will bet Rodizios. I'll also point out for the listeners. I've literally never lost a Rodizios bet to Nick. 
Well, <laughs> there's been two. <laughs> there's been one, and he did lose in principle. He just didn't lose on a technicality. Actually, that speaks to a wonderful role reversal we've had. I was positive about the Nuggets in those days, and you were yeah, negative. I know. This is why now you think there's no. Something. See, this is the problem. Is this is why you are you're so upset now? Is because you had the wrong expectations when they were bad, and now that they're actually good, you're down on them. I have the same expectations I've had all the way through. Be more than just a barely make the playoffs team and lose in the first round. Be at least a second round playoffs team. Go into the playoffs strong. I don't even know if we make the playoffs. Fill in the blank. All right, Jeremy, let's fill in the blank. If the Nuggets season were a story genre, it would be blank. It would be a psychological thriller. Oh. I... This has been the most confusing team to try and figure out what's up and what's down. It feels like I'm stepping on a shutter Island every time they take the court. Um, That's so funny. You said that shutter Island was exactly what I had in my mind. When you said that. <laughs> yeah. And actually I think it kind of sums up this, this, these, uh, combative perspectives of what this team really is. Um, at the end of the movie, there's a line like something like what's worse to, to live as a monster or to die as a good man. And uh, so deep, but uh, that's kind of the two perspectives we have here where, where you have your, your negative ones who they, they think the spirit is evil of this team that, that, um, that they're never going to get built to anything that they're always just leading us on that, um, that their, their failures are a given and that it's the, uh, the wins that are an exception and they just lead us on. And then you have the flip side where we believe at the core of this team, there's a good spirit that's brewing, that's going to um, accomplish great things. And that the, the reverse is true where um, the, the winnings are, are the given that goes without saying, and that's these losses, these failures that are the exception and that are just temporary steps to, to overcome. So um, yeah, you got that. And then you've got, uh, I'll drop one more. Every time Jokic is out there, it's it's like um, it's like Black Swan actually, as far as psychological thrillers go. <laughs> like uh, you know, one second he's out there like pouting and crying, and then the next he just turns into a complete monster and destroys five people and does incredible things. So, psychological <laughs> thriller. What about you, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Jokic? Yeah, exactly. If the Nugget season were a story genre, it would be a young adult story <laughs> yeah because we have a lot of ya's on this team <laughs> that don't know their place in the world yet and they're trying to figure it out and there are a lot of growing pains right now and i i really think that's the biggest issue here i think we have a young guy in Jokic who he's our our budding hero of the story who we all want to see take that that next step we want to see him take the reins of this team we want to see him be the go-to guy at the end of games, making game-winning shots, big plays, and too often we're not seeing that right now. We've got other guys on the team who have roles that they're not really clear on. Um, some of that we've discussed, but guys like um, Murray and we're not in, in the small forward position. We're not entirely sure what's happening there. We'll see where Will Barton's at when he gets back. Um, 
the bench players have some shuffling to figure out. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of a lot of young guys on this team that are trying to figure out how to play together and what their what their role is on this team. And I think we're going to deal with some some growing pains along the way. I like it. Growing pains. There you go. The role this team needs most to be filled is. They need a go-to guy. I, I think. Like to close it out. Of these losses. What's that? Like, like to close it out or just like any, yeah. any particular play. This is our go-to guy. They need the go-to guy when they, when they get behind and they need a run. Gotcha. Or to close out the game. We saw this with the Bucks. Who's their go-to guy, Jeremy? Giannis. Yeah, it's pretty clear, isn't it? They got down and then Giannis just started bulldozing people and mm-hmm. and dunking four or five plays in a row or whatever. It's it's it felt like he he dunked for an entire quarter practically. <laughs> um and everybody knows that. Everybody knows, okay, it's Giannis time. We're down, we need some momentum. It's Giannis time. The game is on the line, it's Giannis time. I think all great teams have this. Now there's a few exceptions. You you could say the Warriors maybe don't have a go-to guy they have, but that okay they have a whole team of go-to guys that's right the thing with them um and they're 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 freaky that way that's why they're they're so unbeatable but most teams don't have that luxury for the most part there needs to be a guy who is the go-to guy and the nuggets need to figure out who that is if it's Jokic, then it, it needs to be Jokic, and he needs to have the ball every single time down the court on every play during the last two minutes of a close game i think that period that relates back to your young adult story because as much as I also want to say Jokic, the problem is this is not a fourth quarter player. And I think the problem is his endurance. Um, I might be wrong there. Maybe it's his personality. But um, to me, it seems like endurance when, when you throw in like the back-to-backs, how bad he is on those. Um, I think the fourth quarter is just another sign that he doesn't physically have the chops to play 30 minutes of a game and then to, to squeeze out another six at, high, uh, at a high level. Yeah, I mean, if, if that is what it is, it, it that can be taken care of, and it needs to be right um, because he is their best player, and I don't think anybody argues with that. And, and so it makes sense that your best player would be your go-to guy. But if he doesn't have the temperament for it, which maybe he doesn't, maybe he's just he's always going to be a guy that just doesn't want to be the guy taking the last shot in a close game, or he doesn't he doesn't want to have the ball on every possession with two minutes left. If he's just not comfortable in that role, then it's got to be somebody. And I'm okay if Murray can step into that role. That'd be okay with me. Um, Will Barton has shown uh, that he wants no it. No fear. <laughs> no fear. Yeah. <laughs> in the past, in don't know if he time. can do it, but he wants it. Um, right. But at least he's comfortable with it. And at least and 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 then if he knows that going into it, um, and and the rest of the team knows that's our go-to guy. That's who we're who we're, who we're relying on. Then the other roles can fall into place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna jump in. The yep. The role this team needs most to be filled is a secondary facilitator. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. we've got, we've got three guys. So I was talking earlier about how the warriors kind of have their makeup where they've got three guys who shoot over 20 points a game, which is crazy, but they've also got three guys at this point um, where that average over five assists a game. And that's as much as we don't have three guys who shoot 20, we do have three guys who shoot something close to that. And the the secondary and tertiary facilitating is is definitely lacking here, and so that's where I'm I'm just really really looking forward to Barton coming back. 
Um, I think that takes care of a lot of it. Right now we have Wancho out there and it's great to at least have him causing some more spacing um, who takes smart shots. Um, but to have a guy who's actually creating offense, who is um, basically play, playing ping pong with Jokic all night with their passes back and forth to be able to, to open up Jokic like that is just absolutely huge. Yeah, I mean, this is coming up a lot, but again, Murray's role as, as point guard or as playmaker, is he in the right role there? If he's not, is it that he needs to be replaced or can somebody else just step in as the secondary playmaker? Right. Um, like you're suggesting and that it, it, but there needs to be some, someone, somebody needs to also be able to get people open. Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough situation. Either, either you ride it out and wait for Barton to come back or, um, or you do put more, more Morris out there. Um, which to be fair, he's getting a lot of playing time. So as far as calling for him to start, that's, that's one thing. Um, he is getting over 30 minutes a game at this point. And, and so they're, they're doing a lot with him, but you, you can't play him 48 minutes a game. You can't play him with the bench, which he's so good at and with the, the stars as well. Yeah. I'm curious to see how it is going to fit in when he gets back. Ugh. And if there might be, might be something to, to starting it actually, we, we just don't but, know what we have there. Like I know there's a reason why this guy couldn't find a team to play for. Um, who knows, you know, is this one of those things that keeps getting pushed back a month? Like we're, we're actually hearing December at this point. I, I actually off the top of my I've head been hearing that for a while, but, um, it's not December yet. So I guess we'll find out. Well, yeah, they were saying, we'll they were saying, um, well, before he came signed with the nuggets, uh, they, his doctors were saying, or at least his camp was saying sometime during training camp. So sometime by the end of training camp, if, if we get any sort of it back this season, honestly, um, to me, that's going to be a bonus. Um, trying to figure this out with Morris and Murray is where my head is at. All right, so the next one, I'm going to throw you a curveball a little bit. My original question was going to be about the Nuggets' poor three-point shooting. But right, that's what I prepared for. Yeah. Did a little research. The last seven games, the Nuggets are shooting 36.6% from three, which is good for ninth in the NBA. So they're really not shooting that bad from three. So what do we make of that? Maybe that's the, I don't know if I have a good fill in the blank here for this, but hearing that the nuggets shooting is actually been pretty good. The last seven games makes you feel blank. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> confused. Know. I'll be that's the honest, most honest answer I can give you. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. Confused just because this is a curveball, so I'm confused. Um confused right. also because watching this team, nobody would ever guess that. Um, unless you actually looked up the stats. Um, and then uh my third version of confused here is that I know, yeah, I haven't looked up the stats too much, but um as to how they got there, but I know right off the the bat that Paul Millsap is shooting very well from the three point line right now. I know that Wancho is shooting extremely well from the three point line right, right now. I know that Murray is not. I know that he's uh, right around thirty percent. I know that Harris he's shooting twenty nine percent twenty nine percent on on just about five threes a game. Okay, <laughs> yeah, and then I know that Harris isn't quite there, and I know that Jokic still isn't quite there. So, uh, well, am I wrong on that? Do you have the stats up? 
I would say that Jokic is a little below uh, where he should be. I don't know about the last okay. seven games. Okay. For the season, he's at like 38%. Okay. Which is about right, right to me. If he's okay. anywhere right around 40. Yeah. Um, but still, Harris, Harris and Murray, I think. Harris, Murray, and Jokic is where you think that's where the threes are going to drain in from. And with Harris and Murray still not performing where they're at, um, that that still is a concern to me, even though the, the rest of the team's done a good job and, and kind of ramped it up. Um, I, I don't know about concern. I'm not going to say concern. It, it's still where the blame lies, is that their shots aren't falling. With Murray, this is nothing new for him. I was saying this earlier. Uh, last season, and I did look this up, last season in October, he averaged 14 points a game. Sorry, he averaged 12 points a game. 37% field goal percentage, 18% three-point. The next month, no- November, Ooh. he went up to 14 points, 45% field goal, so a jump of 8% there, 29% three-point, which is a huge jump, but still not something to, to write home about. Um, this season, we're seeing very similar results. Um, although he's starting out at 16 points per game, that's on 40% shooting, so that's up from 37% last year. 28% from the three-point line. That's up from 18% last year. So again, still not good. And this month so far, he's averaging 18 points, 45% field goal. So he's starting to get that layup back. You can blame that completely on <laughs> the Boston Celtics game. Um, and 31% from the three-point line. So th- this, th- this is nothing new with Murray. And this is why I'm not concerned. It sure he's to blame, but I'm not concerned. Because December of last year, he shot up to 19 points. 46% field goal percentage, 46% three-point. To me, I feel like that's coming. Um, okay. I exp- So we need to all chill out on Murray right. and revisit this topic after December. I completely agree. Because maybe he's just a slow starter. Yeah, make, make a note of that. I think so. I, I, okay. and, and just even projecting based on last year's numbers and, and this year's, uh, put me on the records for December averaging 21 points a game. 47% field goal percentage. And I'm going to go with last year's three point of 46% three point. Okay. The Nuggets shooting well from three over this, over this last stretch has me feeling concerned. And the reason I'm concerned is because the offense actually hasn't been that bad over this stretch. Their offensive rating is sixth in the NBA. Um, they're shooting pretty well from three, as we just discussed. They're about middle of the road in points per game, but not bad enough that it should be a big problem. They're 109 points a game. And they're 47% field goal percentage, which is good for eighth in the NBA. So offensively, they're doing okay. And so the fact that they're one and six means something else is wrong. The other thing that is wrong is the defense. Their defensive rating right now is 26th in the league. And we've seen a definitive drop off in how well they're playing defense. Yeah. Now, the reason that's concerning is because these numbers over the last seven games look a lot like the numbers from last year. And we were on this podcast two weeks ago convinced that this team had turned a corner defensively. And now we've seen two weeks of bad defense, way too many layups way too many wide open threes all of the old bad bad habits have come back and now they're in a slump and they're losing so the the defense is is 
it's no doubt the concern. And I don't, the other thing, okay, this has me worried too a little bit is that just from watching the team, I don't feel like there's a problem with effort. You know, I, I, I feel like they're playing hard on the defensive end. Um, and so now I'm not sure if it, if it's a scheming issue, if it's, um, a communication problem. You know, that was something that we were told they, they were working on early in the season. They were actually, you know, going out of their way to practice and foster more communication on the court. Um, is that lacking now? Have they gone back into their shells on the court um, with their communication? I don't know. I'm not, I don't know the answers to any of these, these issues, but something has regressed. And unless they are the top offensive team, in the league, they can't overcome this defensive slump. So Nick, next fill in the blank. Millsap's role this year has been blank. It's been ambiguous. Okay. I am not sure who he is right now in his career or on this team. Um, my understanding was when he came that he was going to be an elite defensive player a good rebounder, somebody to play off the ball and cover for Jokic on the defensive end. And I am not seeing any any evidence really so far this year that Millsap is anywhere close to an elite defender, um, giving up an easy bucket to LeBron James in the Lakers game. Well, help us out here. On the last play, um, well, stands out in my mind. Just for context, how many elite defenders would you say there are in the NBA? That's a good question. Like is elite like top five? Is that is that what defines elite for you, or or is elite the no, best defender I, on a I team think, kind of a thing? Yeah, I I, I want to say not every team has an elite defender, but okay, m- more do than don't maybe. So m- maybe we're talking about twenty. Okay, top twenty. That's fair. Something like that. Um, I think I saw recently that I think it was before this last game that Millsap was 30th in defensive rating. Yeah. Um, um, that's pretty close. That's not, yeah. Jokic was higher. So, I mean, if you bring him in to be the guy to cover for Jokic, to be an elite defensive player, a stopper, a rim protector, you've got to be higher than the guy you're covering for. No. So here's the question is what happens when you take Millsap out of the picture? What happens to Jokic's defensive rating? Do you think that just stays know. there? You think it goes up? I, I, I don't at all. I think we saw life without Millsap, and I thought that was a very, very, very bad time for, for Jokic in terms of what he could offer on defense. It changed day one. Even though we saw clunkiness when they started playing together last season, it started day one, Jokic's um, defensive improvement, which still wasn't necessarily... Um, the greatest performance in the world, but it was night and day difference. So I'm just going to go steal. I'm, I'm just going to stop you in your tracks. We can get back to it if you want, but All right. I'm going with uh Millsap's role this year has been unheralded, um, which, oh. which is a step up from the ambiguous. I, I can go with the ambiguous. <laughs> I thought you were going to be a lot worse in, on him than that, but no, um, I don't, I don't hate on Millsap. I, I just, I, you know, maybe it's the money. It really, maybe that's what this comes down to is that he's making so much money. Okay. And trying to figure out what the justification is for it. And I know there's, 
I, you know, I know the Nuggets had the money to spend when they spent it. They're not locked into this long term. So I, I get that. But still, for a guy to be a $30 million a year player, th- I, I just feel like they should be adding all-star level play. Yeah, I should and we are should not be getting that out of Millstep. So so with money, first of all, it, it's it you, you don't get dollar value in the NBA. It it just doesn't happen. Um and when it comes to max contract players, you can end up with uh, five years of a guy like Andrew Wiggins and be stuck with that. And that can be absolutely terrible. We got a two-year contract out of it with a third-year option. That's what we're looking at this summer. So we're we're totally okay with that. The money had to go somewhere and nobody wanted to come to Denver. So give- Yeah, I get that. So let me, let me put it to you this way. Uh, I'm probably like a lot of Nuggets fans. Um, I watch all the Nuggets games. I don't watch a whole lot of other teams play. So I had seen Millsap when he was with Utah for, you know, a few games a year. I didn't really see him much with Atlanta. I maybe saw him, you know, whatever they play him twice a year or something like that. So when they signed him to this big contract, all I kind of knew about Millsap was what the narrative was. I just, I just knew they were getting this guy who had been an all-star who was known as a great defensive player you know, he was averaging around 20 points a game, eight rebounds, something like that coming in to Denver. And what we've gotten so far now last year, you know, we had a small sample size because of his injury, but we're getting this year is 12 points a game and six rebounds. And I don't see a lot of defensive prowess. Um, you, you know, I, the, the defensive rating is one thing and other stats are, are something to look at, but okay, just, just from watching the games, I'm not, I'm not seeing some, some, defensive stopper so let's move so what's the argument for Millsap? let's move on from from the money and move into what you're seeing on defense so i do think it's very important i, I no disrespect to the man Millsap, but his role on this team is not all-star it's not veteran presence his role on this team is Jokic's backside it, it's uh the the point one in Jokic 1.1 i it's it's a segment of covering up for Jokic in areas that he has negatives at that you have to have a certain fit for it. You've got to be able to still keep the offense going, but also be able to um, help on defense in a way that Jokic needs it. You have to be a paint presence while at the same time being mobile. And that's where this season he's really taken off for me. So let's talk about the defensive system itself. Last season, Jokic, they tried to anchor him as much as they could, just put him under the bucket as much as he can so that he can just stay there, put his arms up, and either get blocks or rebounds. And that did not turn out very well because guys were flying at him a million miles per hour, and there was nothing that he could do in a a stationary position to adjust to that. They could either get easy easy layups, or or the worst situation was they were getting tons of kickouts to wide-open threes because... it was it was calling for more people to have to close in on the paint, more of our defenders. This season, okay, so so in that situation, Millsap served as the off-ball guy. He was good for um, for getting swipes and steals, um, doubling up on players, getting a block, extra pressure. This season, Jokic is playing all the way up, sometimes as high as the, the free throw line. Um, I've seen him come out all the way to the three-point line even. Um, and what that's doing is that's leaving up all of that paint open. So Millsap has now had to turn into a guy flying everywhere around the court to make up for this open space. He's not just playing either between his player 
and Jokic's player, he's now playing between those two guys and the basket because Jokic is no longer there. So he has more on his plate. And if we want to talk about statistics, he's not, he's not breaking any records. Sure. And he's not who he used to be. I'll agree to that. But he's one of seven players in the NBA averaging over one and a half blocks and one and a half steals per 36 minutes. So he's still getting it done in a well-rounded way. And he's one of those odd-shaped Tetris pieces that happens to fit with the most important player on our team, Jokic. All right, Jeremy. Will Barton needs to be blank when he returns. Healthy. All we need, we <laughs> don't need Superman ball. We don't need him to come out and shoot 25 points a game. Uh, not not saying anything to to his reputation that a lot of people are, um, don't like about him um, and his kind of ball hungriness. It, that's debatable as well. But what I'm saying is we don't need him to um, to be some sort of superstar in any respect. We just need him to be the mainline version of himself nothing too great nothing too bad just be healthy come out be our second facilitator that i was talking about earlier and um match up with Jokic, make everybody's night a nightmare um loosen things up for for murray so that he can uh he has more um more give out of the other team's defense to take to help as the the third play uh playmaker or as the the sharpshooter um just be healthy, man. All right, this might surprise you. As you know, I am not the biggest Will Barton fan in the world. But I think when Will Barton returns, he needs to be himself. Yeah. I think he, which is more or less what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Keep but, on cruising, man. <laughs> we're Keep agreement. on cruising. Yeah, we're in agreement on this one. But I think, and honestly, when I say he needs to be himself, I'm actually including a little bit of hero ball. Because I think this team kind of needs somebody who just tries to take over the game on his own. Interesting. And if you don't like it, then you be the one to step up. Oh, man. Coach Nick over here. Right? Murray. Yeah. Right, Jokic? You guys don't want him chucking threes from half court <laughs> with two guys in his face. <laughs> then you take them. And I think they could use a little dose of that right now. And honestly, that's my ideal version of Murray um, shooting from half court and making them. So, I mean, granted, that's that's more of a long term kind of a thing, but I love it.